Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from the top industry leaders to startups and farmers that make it all possible with Chef Jean Blom and photojournalist Amaris Pollock. On today's show of Food Farms and Chefs, we have all about events from the Redding Terminal Market and Thanksgiving celebrations, as well as the Taste of Philadelphia live recordings with some celebrity guests. So stay tuned for celebration of Food Farms and Chefs. Such a great honor at this time for Food Farms and Chefs to introduce Bree Tomer, who is one of the principals of All About Events. Uh, All About Events has been a repeat client of ours for all the marvelous things that they do. And one of my favorites is coming up in just under a week, uh, which would be the Philadelphia Veterans Day Parade, which is organized by All About Events. And Bree Tomer is the lead person on this event, a great event to be at to celebrate all those who have, you know, put their life on the line for our safety and our freedom. Bree, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you so much for having me, Jean. Bree, it's always a pleasure to talk to somebody from your organization, you know, about what's going on in Reading Terminal and what's going on in the events industry and what's going on just in the parades and all the wonderful things you do. So tell us to start off with uh, a little bit about what's in store for this year Veterans Day Parade. Absolutely. Um, so basically, this is the seventh year that we're working um, with the Philadelphia um, Veterans Association on the festival that's at the tail end of the parade route. And so um, this is year seven for us and we're so happy to be back. Uh, We expect the wonderful weather to uh, continue just like we have today on this beautiful Halloween. And um, we have over 50 veteran service organizations coming out this year um, to discuss their services with um, families of the veterans and the, the Philadelphia community. Um, We have a long um, supportive uh, network of VSOs and they range from organizations like Heroic Gardens who are doing this year a amazing activation of bringing out actual soil beds um, and having plants that people can interact with and even take home. Um, Gardening is something that they consider um, really vital to the um, you know, the nurturing and care and, um, well-being, well-being of, uh, veterans helping with PTSD and other important, um, aspects of obviously being, um, an active veteran in that time. And so that's one, um, that we wanted to kind of spotlight. Um, we have Salvation for Sorrows. They come out, they have this mobile trailer that's really cool. They've been doing haircuts for veterans um, for as long as we've been um, running the show here. They come out and they bring their vehicle and they, they give haircuts on the spot um, for both women and men. So that's very cool. Um, and, you know, just so many other organizations that um, just contribute. Drexel University is a huge one and, you know, all of the other veteran service organizations. Um, And then we have some family-friendly activities happening. So it's really a family-friendly event for the city of Philadelphia and the veterans community. And and 
just a good feeling to be there. I know working with your crew last couple of years and just being there, you know, you walk away feeling so warm and so wonderful. And, you know, there's great food, there's, you know, food trucks, there's other vendors around so many great things that you guys are doing to promote that about how long of planning goes into this. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's a great question. So uh, we have, as any other event, we've sharpened our, our skills and our timelines. And, you know, so um, luckily it's become a longer process in that we get to work with the, the wonderful committee of veterans uh, for longer. And so we really try to kind of give a little bit of a, a breathing room because these veterans and uh, the committee members, they have full-time jobs, really mostly with veteran service organizations. Um, so we we let them recharge. Um, we have a debrief about, you know, year, um, as it happened, and then we get right back to work. So I would say really by February, um, you know, or March at the latest, we're really planning for November. Well, it's wonderful to see that it's so successful that it needs that nine months of planning or eight months of planning to going into that. You know, congratulations yep. to you and, you know, to the AAE team who've been uh, working so hard to build an amazing organization. And I always refer to you as a, you know, it is a woman-run organization, but it's pretty much a woman-dominated organization. <laughs> the fact that, uh, you know, there's very, there's very few men working it for AAE, but you guys do an amazing job. And for our listeners who don't know, in addition to this great event, they are the event planners for Reading Terminal Market, which is by far and away the premier public market in the United States. And they also do a tremendous amount of outside events, you know, weddings all over the region. Uh, they've done some international work and things like that. So what's, what's new and exciting at Reading Terminal Market? I mean, what's not? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I like to say, and this is cheesy, but we are our name. We are all about events. We do it all. And um, at the market, um, I mean, it continues. And God willing, since the pandemic has sort of, you know, slowed down a bit or gotten a little bit more under control, um, business is booming. And so people really want to be back in these historic spaces um, and having these events from large scale corporate events to weddings, um, rehearsal dinners, and, you know, everything in between cooking classes in um, the city kitchen, which is the demo kitchen at the back of the market. Um, so we are getting ready to um, do the party for the market, which is the biggest fundraiser for Reading Terminal Market itself. Um, that's happening in February. And so um, we've always had a good handle and partnership in the planning, but this year we're really um, lucky and blessed enough to spearhead the planning um, for the party for the market. And so that's happening in February. So we've got wonderful partners that we're working with um, for entertainment. And obviously all the food and beverage comes from the merchants in the market, uh, which I think makes it so much more special for that client experience. I, I would agree. The Reading Terminal Market, and, you know, not to uh, upset any of our listeners that are not in Philadelphia, but you know, it's kind of an exciting place to be right now. You know, we have the union going to the finals this weekend. We have the Phillies played in the World Series. We have the Philadelphia Eagles undefeated. I mean, what a great time. 
and, and I, you know, like to say, it's almost like the other cities in America really aren't even trying. Yep. You know, like yep. here we are with the greatest market in the country, <laughs> you know, home of the cheesesteak, home of the hoagie, home yep. of the soft pretzel, home of tasty cakes, you know, and teams that are just unbeatable going on. So, you know, what an exciting time. Is the market feeling that vibe as well? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, I mean, I really do feel like there's never been such a time to be alive in a Philadelphia fan or resident or, you know, whatnot, because um, all of the stalls, I mean, they're just so wonderfully local. And like PA General, you know, at the back of the market, they have all these amazing um, Philadelphia t-shirts, you know, and, and um, swag for the Philadelphia sports teams. And I absolutely feel being in the middle of the city, um, there is an energy at this exact moment that is just hard to define, but if you're Philly, you know it, you know? So um, it's just a wonderful time to be immersed and we're so blessed to continue to be uh, one of the um, top firms for events uh, in Reading Terminal Market and beyond, so. Well, you know, and as we had talked about an undefeated, you know, Philadelphia Eagles team, it's nice to point out, you know, how much work all about events does for not necessarily Eagles organization, but the players, you know, Jason Kelsey's wedding is, mm -hmm. is one of the things you've done. And yep. a lot of the players attend a lot of your wonderful events. You know, you guys are really, uh, you know, somebody who's entrenched in that world and do such a, a wonderful, wonderful job that, you know, the Eagles players themselves are reaching out to hire you on a regular basis and, what a wonderful thing it is, you know, recent engagement, and yes. everything else yes. on you guys are involved in. Yes, we have been so blessed to be um, the planners behind some of the big name Philadelphia Eagles. And as you alluded to, an Eagle um, just got engaged at the market because that was where he met his now fiance. And so it is just such an exciting tie. Um, and then we have done events at, um, Lincoln Financial, you know, so for them to come into our house and for us to host them and then for us to go in there and into this big stadium, um, it is just such a special partnership. And we have defined our success over the many years we've been in business um, since 2006, um, that it is the power of relationships. And so uh, there is nothing more Philadelphia than the sports world. And we are just um, so excited that we get to partner with them in so many different ways. And we're always here for them and anyone else that should need our help. Well, you know, it, it's funny. We talked about that as I'm sitting backstage here at Citizens Bank Park and, you know, getting ready to uh, feed the, you know, Fox world and the MAB world and do all that. And, you know, the action and the excitement that's out here, you can just, feel a vibe in the air and, you know, setting up for the concert that's outside the stadium, telling all the great stuff that's happening. You know, it, it really is an exciting time. And then go over to terminal and I see, you know, the specials that people are, are doing and, you know, Beck's Cajun has, you know, a King cake that's done as a Phillies cake now and all the wonderful things. So, you know, I, and I don't want to put you on pressure and I know this, but you know, everybody has their favorites. So when they go into ready terminal, where do you eat? Oh, geez. Well, it should be noted that I was pregnant for a year, you know, when I was uh, working with All About Events. And so I was very proud of myself when I would get out of there with only one to two cookies. Um, and I have to be honest, like I vacillate between 4th Street, 
and Hope's Cookies, which is inside, you know, PA General. Um, so they're um, a sweets girl through and through. But I have to say, um, Sankey, the um, the steamed chicken dumplings, like have my name all over them. So I mean, the Rubens at you know Herschel's, um, they're a good staple, you know, for me. Um, but they are some of my favorites. I could go on and on and on. Well, and now we have the Butcher's Pantry opening up there. I know yep. she does amazing food, amazing work. And yeah, I'm with you. You know, it's it's hard to be the sandwich from Herschel's, but you know, running neck and neck with them, you got, you know, the Knicks, you got so many great places in there to eat. And yeah, yep. you are right. I, I'm a Hope's Cookie person. I have always been, and you know, they're just a wonderful, wonderful thing. I, I don't know how, you know, all you girls continue to, you know, just stay away from all that on a, on a yep. regular basis because I would be in deep trouble being there. <laughs> right. Really. And I guess one more thing I want to note about the market that's so special is that I love doing my shopping there. So like, you know, downtown cheese and Ivines and there's so many wonderful uh, grocers, you know, so especially around the holidays, my husband and I throw a big uh, holiday party every year. And my favorite is to go in and get all my spices um, for my sangria and like, you know, all my cheeses, for my cheese plate and charcuterie. And so it is um, really a one-stop shop. And I love being able to contribute to the local, um, you know, market in that regard. So it is just, um, it's such a cool place to be able to go and call home. Well, I know last, parade that I was saw you guys at you know I stopped and I picked up some beignets for the team and such like that so when you could pick up beignets that I I think are the best north of New Orleans sure. you know at Jackson you can get you know donuts from dealers to bring to people and then you know obviously stop and get a breakfast sandwich from the Amish and do things like that I I am always been the hit with you know my teams and things like that when I text them and say what do you want I'm at the market and Yep. You know, uh, Wednesday morning when I'm coming down here, I'll, I'll probably be taking the train in. So I'll do that before I get down to the stadium and uh, bring something for the staff. And I know they'll be all excited about that. Absolutely. So it, it really is a very, very, very special place. So, you know, what's next? I mean, what what what's the store? I know all about events is growing. Um, yep. You know, I, I, I'm very honored to have watched Sarah uh, start her business working in her home and mm -hmm. to where it is now. It's been an amazing journey for an absolute amazing woman. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to watch, but what's next? What's new and exciting? I mean, honestly, we are growing our team in such a positive and beautiful way that we are able to take on more events. So whether or not it's full service weddings for people that want Philadelphia as a destination wedding spot. Maybe their parents live in the area, but they don't. Um, people that are in grad school, all of the things we're able to service so much um, more business, you know, because we have so many amazing team members to lead uh, the charge. And so I don't think we're ever going to stop doing weddings. It's kind of our, you know, our home. It's where we started. Um, but, you know, send us all the corporate, send us all the festivals, you know, we, want to continue to be the go-to um, for organizations that don't have inside uh, event planners, you know? So I think that's where um, 
we want to continue to grow the business is social will always be thriving, hopefully, right? And then we want to just continue to be partners to all of the big, beautiful organizations here in Philadelphia and nonprofits. Um, it, it keeps us, you know, dynamic and it's wonderful to be able to do something different kind of every day with a, with a different client. You know, it's funny when I was coming in today and, and walking by some of the different organizations that are down here putting together stuff, I was, you know, thinking to myself, you know, I bet before my career ends that I will be seeing all about events as the, you know, planner or one of the senior planners down here for things like the World Series and, and you know, Super Bowl parades and things like that, you know. Love that journey for us. <laughs> you guys, uh, you know, you guys are really the next generation and, and, you know, there's some great companies out there that have been around for my entire lifetime that, you know, I, I think would be very proud to, you know, welcome all about events and pass that torch on. So, you Love know, I, I thank you before my day is over in this industry that uh, that's what I'm going to see. And, and I wouldn't be prouder seeing, you know, than seeing you guys do that. Well, so. The, the events community in Philadelphia is very special and everybody is so supportive of each other. And luckily there is so much business to go around. So we strive for that for sure. Um, and we'd be so proud to follow the, the large name companies and success that everyone has had, you know, so we look forward to what's in store. I, I want to correct you on one thing. You are one of the large name companies. Oh not, yeah. No. That, that being said, how can people find out more information about the parade? And then equally as well, how can people find out more information about All About Events? I love that. Um, so yeah, so our website, allabouteventsus I know we kind of throw a little uh, wrench in there with the U.S., but allabouteventsus like us, you know, come see us. <laughs> um, you can certainly um, find us in our contact if ever we can be of service to you. Um, the Philadelphia Veterans Parade website um, has the list of VSOs um, and some, per, I'm sorry, some festival activities like the food trucks that we have, which are so wonderful and exciting. We have a live band um, uh, called the Sensational Soul Cruisers. We have a beer garden um, by Urban Village. So, so much else that we have not talked about um, that, you know, you should check out the website for. WMMR is also promoting it. They're going to have a tent with giveaways that day as well. So you can check their website um, and really, you know, come down to um, Fifth and Market on the 6th, which is next Sunday. There is no Eagles game, so you do not have to, you know, decide one way, but we will have a TV in the beer garden for those who do fantasy football and just need to see football on a Sunday. <laughs> um, I think that Gene just had to mute himself because he's at the stadium right now, but I wanted to, on behalf of Gene, thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chef's Brie. And um, so I look me. forward to, oh, here we go. He's back on. <laughs> I am back. Sorry, I had a, had a quick, there was a truck coming by here. Uh, it was a beer truck, so he was making The sounds of, of Philadelphia. Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the sounds of Philadelphia. Bree, thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Everybody out there, go Phillies. Go, go Phillies. And, uh, you know, we look forward to talking to you. Thank Take you care. so much. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs, and then I am so excited that you crossed past past my ta my table, Chef 
You are going to love being on our show. And why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Chef Guy Mitchell. I'm a guest White House chef at the White House. I help train the United States White House Navy chefs. And uh, I'm the MC here today uh, for and tomorrow for the, uh, for the uh, Wine and Food Festival here in Philadelphia. So uh, it's a great... It's a great thing. So there's a lot of chefs that are here that are um, showing their flair. And um, and it's and John Mueller's here, the other chef. I know you interviewed him. He's a good friend. He's in the uh, – he, John is in the uh, – it's what they call the East Wing. I'm in the West Wing. So the West Wing is the military end of the White House, and that's the movement, and that's where the, uh, the president travels all over the world. But he has to take chefs with him because you can't go to a restaurant and eat regular food because you never know. It's just the way the world is. Uh, and then at the, uh, at the Oval Office, down below the office is what they call the Navy Mess, and that's where those chefs prepare the food for the president during the workday and meetings from the Eisenhower building over. So I've been very fortunate to work with the Navy as an independent contractor for years, and now I run what they call the White House Chef Tour, that we travel all over the world and do shows and fundraisers to raise money for people's needs. Uh, the Heart Association, the Liver Foundation, the, uh, uh, the Special Needs Children. So we help raise money when we tell our stories about the White House and do shows and cooking demonstrations. And uh, we even sell some uh, things from the White House like aprons and patches and so we're on the internet at uh, www.thewhitehousechefs.com, and um, it's fun. So, I mean, I read your bio, and you have cooked for several presidents along with celebrities. Um, so what is one of your, your dishes that was like a fan favorite from, from them? Well, my grandmother was, you know, Pennsylvania Dutch. So I really, I, I think some of the presidents, they used to like, like what, it, what's, what we call comfort food. And um, I got a big kick out of, uh, for Bush, making my famous uh, sour broughton uh, with, uh, with the Spetsleys and braised red cabbage and sauerkraut. And he used to love that, especially on the ranch. And, uh, but I, I, I guess because I graduated from the Culinary Institute and I got a chance to... Uh, work with some of the best chefs in the world, and I took my apprenticeship at the Waldorf Astoria, I specialize in a garmage. So that's the fancy food, the decorations, kind of like the buffets on a cruise ship. And then I uh, specialize in ice sculptures. So uh, they would want an ice basket or a swan or a goose or something, and I have a chainsaw, so I would bang out ice form for, you know, around wherever. So, um, I mean, I really love what I do. I love telling the stories about the White House and helping people in need. And, uh, but I've been the, uh, uh, the Food Network's MC on stage for years. And uh, Guy Fieri, Robert Irvine, you know, Bobby Flay, all the, they're all good friends. And they all, uh, I was very fortunate to work with some of the best chefs in the world. I mean, I would I, I would put you with that that category for sure. But uh, um, one of the things that kind of while you're talking, I know that chefs when they when they go through and they um, create their recipes, especially if they're you know it changes on a regular basis, vetting vendors is already a difficult enough task. 
How hard is it when you have to add in, I'm also cooking for the president? Well, I think with it when you mean like going to buy the products and stuff. Well, the, the funny thing, after 9-11, nothing is delivered to the White House. So we have these, uh, the logistics department has to go out and get the food. And when we go into warehouses, we point up to the case to the top, to the case to the bottom, to the case over there, or we'll buy that produce in certain areas. And when we do that, it's under the radar. You don't know it's us buying the food. Since 9-11, it's kind of sad, but to, be, to, save, uh, to keep the president, the first family, the staff, everybody safe at the White House, everything is under the radar moving forward. So it's not hard, but it's orchestrated. The Log logistics department is amazing. They have their lists, they have their radios, and they go out to all these different places from fish to meat to vegetables, and that's how the food is. So that way everybody's safe. And that, that's important, you know, obviously. I, I know I don't want to keep you for too, too long, but um, so what, what with giving back, with bringing food to people who need the, the food, what does that mean to you, and how does everything kind of tie together? Well, I think that when, when, when we bring the food back to the White House, so what you're talking about, it's, it's, the menus are designed uh, weeks ahead of time. Uh, the first ladies involved, the ushers involved, and you have to stay within the guidelines. And each chief, uh, uh, chief of staff and their people and the vice president, they all have their needs that they like at the White House. So we have to provide them. Like when Dick Cheney was there, he loved the Cobb salad, but he wanted bacon on it, and he would get an avocado. And he would say, I want my bacon. And then the doctor would say, you can't have bacon. And, you know, funny stories like that. And I said to myself, listen, I, he, he, he's the vice president of the United States. I'm going to give him bacon. Yeah. And, and he would get the bacon, you know. And, and it would be funny, but they have uh, dietary needs. Uh, the, the, you know, they have to stay safe. So I would say that everything is orchestrated. There's a lot of people that surround the president, the White House, and it's in this wrapper. President's in the middle. When he moves, everything moves. Food, planes, trains, automobiles, and just moves right down the road with a massive protection unit. And those people have to eat. And we feed them in the airlift, uh, the airlift operation. Thank you for letting me know that. Now, um, as far as being an MC is concerned, obviously you're the MC for today. Are you going to be an MC? At, at tomorrow, every day, and um, what is that like in in as a as like is there a difference between being a food uh, food network MC versus an MC for tonight? Well, no, no, because there's a lot of food network chefs that are here uh, that participated on a lot of the shows, Hell's Kitchen, Chopped, um, and, and and I've been doing this for 25 years. Um, even before the Food Network even came in, and I've been cooking for over 50-some years. So I think that uh, when you – the reason why they had me do the job, because I know the chefs, I know their styles, I know their food, I know the questions that people are going to ask, and it makes them feel comfortable. And they thank me for that because um, I want to really make them look important. They love what they do, but sometimes they're scared up on stage. So – 
you take a chef, you look at him, you ask the first question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So they love it, and then they, they get better. I've seen chefs that would freeze on stage. Next thing you know, they have their own restaurants, they're on TV, they have their own shows, and they come up to me and say, Chef, you, you helped me out so much. And that's, that's about the gratitude that I get. Just, you know, I, at my age now, I just want to help people. I mean, that's it. In the food industry, you just want to help people and tell your stories. And what I did, and I was been very successful, you know, I was chef for the Philadelphia Eagles football team. Uh, I was chef for David Rockefeller, the, the Academy Awards with Wolfgang Puck. And, and my journey's been, I've been blessed. I would definitely say you have been blessed, and people are blessed by being by just knowing you. Um, so, what can we look forward to next with you? And where can people find you online on social media? Well, they can just put White House Chef Guy Mitchell, and it'll come up and it'll show. I'm on, there's a couple things on YouTube, uh, some co television shows, and, uh, <coughs> and we travel. So they can go on there and then contact us. And if you want to do a fundraiser, the shows are very very funny. Because we tell, people want to be entertained. They want to hear the fun things and the funny things that went on behind that door at the White House and the travel. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a great thing that we did. And we're some of the only chefs in the world that are, that are doing that kind of show, the White House show. So thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on our show. Food Friends and Chefs would love to have you back. I would love to hear some of those stories. Um, and... Yes. Thank you so much. Have a great night, okay? Food Forms and Chefs is really excited to welcome Chef Frank Benowitz, culinary instructor at Mercer County Community College, uh, the Hospitality Club advisor. But more importantly for this particular event is really giving the boots on the ground help and support to all the celebrity chefs here. But in my opinion... Chef Frank should be one of those celebrity chefs. Just does an amazing job at inspiring young culinary talent. And as all our listeners know, that is super important to me, having spent 15 years of my life with young culinary talent. Chef Frank, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Tell our listeners about your background, how you got started, and how you got started doing what you're doing now. Well, first of all, thank goodness this is radio because I'm blushing after that intro. Uh, my name is Chef Frank Benowitz. As, as said, I'm a culinary instructor for almost 20 years at Mercer County Community College in West Windsor, New Jersey. And uh, food shows typically hire me in television shows to do food styling or preparing food for VIPs. So today I was honored to uh, be selected to do the food backstage for the VIPs for the Kurt Russell demo with Chef Barrett Beyer. So Chef Beyer organized everything and prepared the food and we finished it off and played it up to make sure that the guests in the audience were happy. So we had, I believe, about uh, 90 VIPs today that enjoyed two courses. And my students and I, uh, which I'm very proud of these students, we had a crew of about five people backstage that we were finishing off the food, searing it off, plating it. And we did that all in about five minutes for 90 people. And then we did the second course. So they were able to do two pairings. Uh, two courses with two wines, with Kurt Russell speaking with Chef Beyer, uh, Barrett Beyer on stage, and we did that all in less than 40 minutes. So uh, as you know, as a former culinary instructor, these are the days that make us extremely proud to do what we do. 
So uh, I'm very touched in you saying I should be one of the celebrity chefs. I do get a photo in there, but uh, I've been backstage working for pretty much anyone you can name, Food Network. Uh, I worked for Emma Lagasse many times, Bobby Flay. The uh, list goes on. One of my favorite photos is I'm on stage with Paula Dean and she's shoving apple crisp in my mouth. I'd be happy to share that photo with you, and uh, that's, that's, that's one of my treasured ones. But I really enjoy what I do, and as the old saying goes in hospitality, you know, and, and many industries, if you love what you do, you will never work a day in your life. So it's almost not like working for me. So I, I love what I do. I love to be part of food and wine shows and, and other special events to be able to cook for, whether it be high-level politicians or celebrities, sports uh personalities it, it just gives you pleasure regardless of the person if they eat your food and they smile and they're happy so chef you also um really do a lot with charities that you're wearing your no kid hungry uh, apron right now but you know more importantly as a chef instructor of 20 years our industry has changed so very much from you know, early on, we pushed, you know, it's knife skills, which is always the basic, but it's, you know, boom, boom, boom. Today, you know, the, the students coming to us are such a refined level. They, they've been watching food TV and, and Food Network all their life. They have a whole different skill set. What do you find is the most important characteristics today for young culinarians coming into the industry? That's a great question. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons I've been doing uh, food styling and things for Food Network and, and food shows for over 15 years now is because I want to have that connection with students. You have to reach what is interesting to them. So first and foremost, getting back to saying you have to love what you do. This is an industry where you work nights, weekends, all your family and friends celebrating a holiday. I worked in hotels, and there was no holiday. Christmas Day, we have guests at the hotel. Thanksgiving Day, we have guests at the hotel. So if you don't love this, this industry where you may be working 12, 14-hour days on your feet, get a good pair of comfortable shoes and know that you're in this for the long haul. So I think that's the difference between when you're watching this on TV where it may seem like this 20-minute or half an hour or hour show has been edited over time. The reality is that was probably filmed over at least 12 hours or longer of a day to get that 20, 30 minutes. And that's what the culinarians of the future, you need the knife skills. You need the talent. You need the, the palate that you can taste food and want to taste food. But you also need the longevity, the understanding that you're working nights, weekends, longer hours than probably any other profession. So if you don't love it and you don't have that passion for food, for people, this is not the industry for you. So we have to give them that dose of reality of what this industry is because, as you said, the industry has changed, but the pay rates have also gone up quite a bit as a result. So lesser people may be in the industry, but there's a constant need for new people, and the rates of pay are much higher than they used to be. When you probably were in school, I know when I was in school, I worked for free for three months full-time to do my internship. I don't have students doing unpaid internships anymore because they're all willing to pay. So there's money out there, but if you don't love what you do, you are not going to make it in this profession. You know, that is so very true. Uh, you know, I, I think back to when I was in, you know, did my internship and apprenticeship and learning this, the 
skill. You know, things were hard, and and you know the chefs back then. I, we we thought they were mean to a degree, and all they were doing is really helping us. Because if you didn't love this business, get out. Go find something else. You know, go sell insurance or do whatever. But those of us who hung in there and were there and, and took what, you know, we thought at the time was, you know, wow, they're really hard. It's almost abusive. But, you know, now we have that love and that passion. And they did us a favor. And, you know, those early chefs became some of my closest friends over the years. And at the time, I, I you know, I, I can't stand them, I whatever. Today, I respect them so much because, they you know, they, they took the time to really see if this was right for me. It's been a great pleasure to have you with us. Tell us about how our, you know, they can get a hold of you to learn more about Mercer County Community College and your culinary program. Well, I would love to have the opportunity to teach more people, everyone in our program. We have wonderful instructors. And if you want to reach out, mccc.edu slash hrim. I will repeat that. www.mccc.edu slash hrim. We do have restaurants open to the public as well, but they do sell out in less than three hours for the whole semester. So what we can use is some more students. So if you have that passion, that desire, and want to learn, come check us out. We'd love to teach you. I wanted to just ask before we let you go, um, you, obviously you have to have a passion. Clearly we covered that. We have a passion, you know, as foodies, as a chef, as somebody who is an at-home talk chef. Um, I love food, and I love being able to give back. And I, you have No Kid Hungry. Um, how, how other than No Kid Hungry do you give back to the community? Well, I'm glad you asked that. So this is the thing, and I, and I, and I say this with a grain of salt. As, as you mentioned, you have to have kind of thicker skin in this industry because uh, you have to be willing to accept criticism. So you also have to be honest with people. So this is my honest reason for Share Our Strength and being a proponent for that for almost 20 years now. And that is the fact that it's wonderful to give to other countries, but when, the, statistically speaking, one out of every five children go hungry in the United States of America, I have to make sure that I'm part of the movement that's taking care of our own communities first before we start taking care of communities outside of our country. So that's why I love Share Our Strength. It's why I do domestic-related charities in our county, in our state, and in the United States of America. Because if we have people in our own streets starving, I don't want to send food outside of our country. That's just my personal belief, and I feel that's the mission of Share Our Strength, solve the childhood hunger issue. And the childhood hunger issue, it's not even childhood. It's the hunger issue in America. So anyone out there that's listening, take time out. Once you are in a position where you have food in your belly and a roof over your head, it's time for us all to give back to others that are in need. And that's why I do what I do. And you, you can see all the support I have with the logos on my sleeves for people that feel the same way and support our students via scholarship money. And I'm proud to wear their logos in support of our students. And we hope people out there listening will come and uh, join us and become students at Mercer County College. And we invite uh, the two of you, if you want to come in for a meal, you have my contact information. You'll let me know, and we'll have you come in for a meal. Thank you so much. And, you know, maybe we can also get you to share one of your recipes for our blog site, too, when, once we get that up and running. But, yes, I would love to have a recipe, you know, highlighting, you know, something that you've created. So thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs.
You're very welcome. I share this salmon cake recipe if you enjoyed it. I did, greatly. Thank you very much. Food Farms and Chefs, Food Farms and Chefs is really excited to welcome our next guest, Bad Buyer, uh, season 11 of Hell's Kitchen, but here at Taste Philadelphia, just came off the stage doing a kind of demo and team up with Kurt Russell. Barrett, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Actually, I heard uh, the episode, I think it was last week or the week before when you guys were promoting this place, all the wonderful things you said about me. It's amazing. I appreciate it. Well, you are an amazing chef. It's, you know, your story is actually inspirational. Um, you know, coming from a family that has, you know, various different issues, your story really hit home. And, you know, just that being inside of you and recognizing that passion inside of you, you know, not right from the get-go later on and, and coming out and being to where you are today, you know. So for our listeners who don't know, tell us a little bit about really how you got to where you are today. Okay, so you want the story? or yeah. Okay, oh boy. All right, buckle up, guys. It's going to be bumpy. So um, I was in the military. Right out of high school, I went into the military. 1994 to 1998, I was in the Coast Guard. So I was 17 years old, and I didn't want to go to college because I'm not good at school. I'm not good at classrooms. I don't sit at a desk and listen and learn. I'm a hands-on person. I'm a DIY guy. So I went to the military, and I got out after four years. After I got out, started hanging out with old friends again. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was actually striking to be a cook when I was in the military, but I didn't know I loved it that much yet. It was just like a hobby. So I was like, all right, this is cool. I got out of college. I mean, I got out of the Coast Guard and I did construction. I worked at the Gap. I worked at Wild Pair Shoes. I worked. Uh, I managed a hip hop group. I uh, did mortgages. I sold drugs for 20 years. I mean, listen, I've done it all. I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm sorry, I know it's a podcast, but I'm not gonna hide my past because it's already out there anyway. It's it's written out there, and people actually would be inspired to know that when you find your passion, like I mean, I got arrested 10 times in 10 years. It was, it was like, it seemed to be every August I would get locked up for something stupid. It was, I mean, not stupid, but assault, uh, conspiracy to distribute. And it was, my life was just a mess. And I had no, I had no vision and I had no focus. I just thought I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So then my daughter was born in 2010. And that changed my entire life because it wasn't about me anymore. And when I first saw her, I, I swear to God, Niagara Falls. I was like such a baby, like I was like, oh my god, that's so beautiful. And she had my little chin, like the little butt chin. So that's how I knew she was mine. I didn't need a DNA test. And uh, once I knew it wasn't about me anymore, that this little person was gonna be looking up to me, I had to get serious about something. My mom said, well, why don't you become a chef? You know, I worked in restaurants as a server. She's like, you like to cook, you know? I was like, nah, but they're always angry and they're in the back throwing tongs and yelling at me and stuff. So you work for a guy that is a chef and owns his place, and then, you know, you get on the show Hell's Kitchen. You want to, you know, and then be your own boss. And, you know, and I was like, yeah, it's not a bad idea. So, sure enough, I signed up for culinary school, and I got on the show a year and a half after culinary school. But I got a sous chef position two weeks before I even graduated culinary school, because I was doing mortgages during the weekdays, going to culinary school at night, and then working in the Hamptons in a restaurant on the weekends. So I was like, I was hungry. I was like nonstop. Um, and I, I, I grew rather quick and I learned quick. So I had six months to take over this restaurant 
that I was a sous chef at, I did it in two and a half months. So, I mean, I've opened up five restaurants already so far for other people, and I do private consulting now. I do private dinners. I do everything private. But I also, I'm also, I'm also a chef at uh, a, a private community for uh, a, it's a Bridges Cafe in Delray Beach. Chef, as a father, your story inspired me too because I remember that moment when you first, you know, I have two daughters and now two stepdaughters as well. But you know, when you said that, it just resonated. How you just, you know, changed it and said, you know what, it's not about me anymore, and how wonderful that is. You carry that into your cooking. You cook for the love of food. You you bring out ingredients and flavors, and you make people smile. And to me, that's what the common thing in your story about seeing your daughter was. You know, it you, it's it's that moment where you say, you know what, I, I got to be there for somebody else, and that food. So, you know, what's next for you? Well, it's interesting that you said that. I, I mean, I love to cook, and it comes out in my in my food. You said it makes people smile, and it really like I just served Kurt Russell two dishes, and I saw it in his eye. He didn't even have to say anything. I saw it in his eye. Like, he was genuinely he like that's amazing, like because it pairs well with his wine. So, what's next for me? Maybe I'll be his personal chef. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm gonna keep continuing on that path I'm on, and I mean, listen, I love to cook, and I woke up at. I went to bed last night at 3 o'clock in the morning. I woke up at 5 o'clock this morning. I was down here starting cooking at 5.15. So, I mean, it's like a nonstop thing, but I don't care because I love doing it. I, I, get to, I get paid to play with food. When I was a kid, my mom said, stop playing with your food. I said, but mom, but now it's paying the bills. So she goes, okay, play with your food. Go ahead. It's fine. Go ahead. But, I mean, I just, I, Chris even says it. Like, I'm, 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 I'm not going to pat myself on the back and, say, and, and walk around here with an attitude and saying I'm the best, but I know I'm the best. And I know what I bring to the table. And I know that, I don't know how he roped me into this coming back here, because I was off, I, was, I took the last three years off. I don't know how he roped me back into coming here, but I'm back and I, and I love doing it. And watching people just smile and, and, and they say, oh wow, oh wow. I mean, my chef should be, my name should be Chef Oh Wow. So, um, uh, out of all the dishes that you've come up with and created, what is something that is a guaranteed, like, signature dish that you would create, you know, if you were trying to seriously impress somebody for a dinner night? Anything I cook. I, I mean, I can't even answer that and say, oh, it would be this or it would be that. I mean, I, I served them today. I, I served Kurt Russell, two of my signature dishes that I came up with. So, uh, no, nobody's going to think of coming up with, a wasabi-infused purple cauliflower puree with uh, pepidou gastrique with roasted corn salsa and then a seared scallop on top. Nobody's going to think of that. I, I've, I've never seen it before. And I don't even remember how I got the idea of it. Maybe I was, it was probably in a dream because I get a lot of my thoughts of recipes and dreams and I sleep with a notepad next to my bed. I woke up one night and it said chocolate. It said pasta. It said uh, short rib. And something else, and I was, I was like, all right. So I made a white chocolate pasta. I infused, instead of the fat into making the pasta dough, I used white chocolate. So I made a white chocolate pasta with a braised short rib and fresh ricotta inside, and then a pistachio gorgonzola cream cheese, like cream cream sauce. It was amazing. Like, it, 
I can hit four out of five senses. I can hit five senses. I could sizzle, but I, if I don't hit four out of five senses, I didn't do my job. If you see my food and you look at it, you got to love it. And then you're going to get the smell and you're going to love it. And then you're going to get the taste and then you're going to get the texture. So if I don't do those four senses, fire me or punch me in the face. You know, you said something early on in, in the interview, and I love it about, you know, that now you get paid and playing with your food. And I taught culinary for 15 years of my life, and I would always talk to my young students about the power of being a chef. That at the end of the night, you walk through your dining room, and everybody's, you know, wanting to buy you a drink or tell you how great everything was and saying, wow, chef, that was inspiration. That was wonderful. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's, you know, great. But the best thing is, before they leave, they all pay. They're paying you to play with their food and to do that, and how powerful that is. When you described that dish there, Chef, I was ready for something there, and I was like, wow. That's like that lifetime moment. That's that's one of those things like that you're going to have that item and you're going to remember forever, and that power of doing that. It's a great pleasure to have you sitting here. Your story is inspirational. Your culinary talent is just amazing. Um, please tell our listeners how they can follow you, how they find out more about you, and, and if they want to reach out and hire you. Okay, well, you can find me on Instagram. It's at Chef Barrett. That's C-H-E-F-B-A-R-R-E-T. Um, my email is Chef Barrett. I keep everything Chef Barrett. So if you, like, Google Chef Barrett, I'm, like, the first 10 pages, but you'll find me some way somehow. Uh, and I, I travel anywhere to do anything from two people, even a one-person cooking cl class. I, don't, I really don't care. Uh, but two people to 2,000 people. I do weddings. I do every cooking classes, in-home cooking classes. I can do a virtual cooking class. I can do whatever you want. If it involves food going in your mouth or being cooked, I do it. All right. Well, Chef Barrett, thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. I got to give a shout-out to this guy right here that's sitting next to us, Frank Benowitz. Because if it wasn't for him and his team today, I would have never been able to pull that off. So, and I always say that a chef is only as good, not just as his last plate, but who's on the line with him. So I always say that I'm the chef that you want in the trenches with you when you're in the middle of a dinner rush and you're doing 120 covers. Frank is somebody who I would want in my corner, on the line. Him and his students were phenomenal today, and, and everybody got fed because of them. So... Shout out to Mercer College, Mercer Culinary School, and Frank Benowitz. All right. Thank you so much, and I hope to have you on again. Welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. I have the amazing and talented chef Christine Hazel, who is sitting next to me from Philadelphia Taste Fest. Chef, what brought you here today? So I've been doing Taste Fest since 2016. Um, I have a love for food, but I love getting to meet all the people and sharing my excitement for food. So putting something fun and inspired on a plate and loving seeing everyone's reaction. That is my favorite part about Taste Fest. So what is the food that you brought today? I actually had the um, honor of tasting one of the things that you made, the scallop. Oh, my God. It was cooked to perfection um, with so much flavor. But I should stop talking and let you describe it. So today we made a seared scallop. We seared it in a blood orange olive oil, which is from my brand. Um, we served it over a butternut squash puree and shaved Brussels sprouts in a pomegranate vinaigrette. So basically really fall flavors, but light and refreshing, giving it a new approach. 
It was. And the fact that you added the shaved Brussels sprouts, like that added, you know, a nice texture level along with the pomegranate like seeds because they were there too present, not just in, you know, in the sauce, but also in the fact that you had the, the actual seeds there. So I love when chefs create something that's so well balanced, that's light in flavor, but full, full of flavor and a profile. And also contributes to texture because a lot of people will have just like one level of texture so I like the different levels of texture um, but you are also not shy when it comes to being you know at events and being on screen so why don't you tell our listeners who are out there that might be newbies to the restaurant and hospitality industry who you are and what else you have to offer including your line of olive oils and uh, I think you have vinegar too. So I grew up in Philadelphia. Um, I've been working my whole life here but I am the chef currently at Huntington Valley Country Club, the executive chef and I also am the chef in charge of hospitality for Augusta National for the Masters Tournament. I did Hell's Kitchen season 14 when I was in culinary school so it was definitely like my first real kitchen job. Insane. Um, got to work with Gordon Ramsay for over five weeks and learned a ton. I'm also a CHOP champion. Uh, my judges were Martha Stewart, uh, Jeffrey Zarkarian, and Alex Gornishelli for our Halloween episode, and it was amazing. I love doing taste festivals and other like food festivals such as South Beach Food and Wine and other shows, and I love experimenting with new flavors and showing off my different flavors of olive oils and vinegars. So out of everything that you um, produce, what is one of your favorite things that you create in the kitchen that you would say, hands down, I'm so happy that I was able to create this dish and, you know, if, if it's out there for people to try to try their hand at it too? So I know that all of us chefs love to show off and do fine dining, but one of my guilty pleasures and things I'm known for is my burgers. My, I'm very well known for my burgers, and I'm about to be competing also in Philadelphia Burger Brawl with the first country club to do that. Um, I competed in 2019, and I currently have the most photogenic burger in Philadelphia. Um, it is the Penn Sport, which is still at Moonshine Philly, and now is the Roman at Huntington Valley. But I'm coming hard with a truffle fry burger, which is also going to use my truffle olive oil, real truffle shavings, but topped with the most decadent ingredients. So we're going to have Taleggio, Fontina, Parmesan, shaved guanciale, which is, if you don't know what that is, it is pork, like pork cheek, that is cured Italian style. We're going to take a black pepper cured egg yolk and shave it over top of everything with a sherry aioli, and it's just going to be like the most indulgent burger you're ever going to have. So I like to show up in the kitchen, but I also love my comfort food. I You had me building that burger in my head as you were describing it, and I was like, I want a bite of it right now. Um, and actually, I was one of the judges for that particular uh, occasion, so for the most photogenic. So I voted for you. <laughs> um, so where else can we, like, what's next for you? What do you have next as far as shows are concerned? Okay, so next up, we will be November 6th. We'll be at Xfinity Live for Burger Brawl. Followed by Taste Fest for Lancaster, the 11th and 12th. So you can see me there. I'm not going to reveal what I'm making quite yet. Um, if you stay tuned to my Instagram, which is Chef Christine Hazel, you're going to see all the recipes that we're doing at these festivals and some sneak peeks of some pop-up events that I'll be doing all over the city. So stay tuned. If you want to get tickets, I do tons of pairing dinners, which is my specialty. Um, and you can see any live events that we're doing. And you can just check the Instagram to see how you can get tickets. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. And I actually, if you're doing pairings and tastings, I have somebody that I can connect you with that, who is located in Philadelphia. So I would love to make that connection for you. But for now, I want to let you run because I know that you are super busy. And yes. So thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you.